welcome to the Real Tale Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. Who are you? Moi? <laughs> just, as, just as I said that, my throat goes... Um, <laughs> I must have scared you. <laughs> uh, Mark Salcedo, uh, senior editor and writer at Screen Geek. And currently still unemployed. Yeah. You know what you have to do? What? You have to apply for jobs in alphabetical order. Oh, please tell me. Tell me. Tell you what? The ABCs? Yeah. Don't you know them? I need a reminder. Okay. (laughs) A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Q R S T U V W X Y Z. Huh? That's all you have to do. <laughs> First of all, you had to you had to like get into like Nicolas Cage, you know. Well, like, I was afraid of X Y Z. Huh? That's all you have to do. <laughs> like that. <laughs> yes, you sounded much more like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I kept um, I kept replaying that scene, that that scene where he does the alphabets, um, but the the Mainly the part where the, the therapist is like, oh, you know, people, you know, sometimes they misfile things. And he goes, hold on, who, who? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm actually uh, just surprised it doesn't have a better critic score. What's the critic score? Or no, it was like in the mid, just like middle of the pack, both the critics and the audience. Oh, what, Rotten Tomato? Yeah. And, like, the other one. Oh, uh, uh, Renfield? No, Flickster or something. Flickster? I don't oh. There was some other one that's other than... Oh, IMDb? I think, I don't know. Um, while you're looking that up, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And TikTok. What? I said TikTok. <laughs> oh, shit. Coming to the stage. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Biggie, hear me, hear me. <laughs> it's uh, it's sixty one percent tomato score with a fifty four percent rotten score. Rot- mm. Rotten score on uh, for Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. So the if you saw on Flixer, Flixer uses uh, rotten tomato scores. Okay. Yeah. Useless information. I know. Anyways, you can find us at Real Appeal. The Real Appeal. <laughs> Two E's in real. Every everywhere, <laughs> um. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I think I'm just gonna like not focus on the Facebook page. It's like, just like old people shit. It's old people shit. Yeah, like you know the youth, the youngins. You I know. like I like Facebook. Yeah, because there's content on there. It's not just people screaming at each other. There's content on <sighs> TikTok. God, I hate fuck. I no. fucking hate TikTok. But whatever. We, we you know. You gotta, you gotta roll with them. Twitter is just people yelling at each other, and Instagram is a bunch of like, it's kind of like TikTok and Facebook put together. Yeah, because Instagram mainly focuses on videos now as opposed to pictures, which that's right. what Instagram, Instagram, like, that's where it started as. Yeah, so I don't necessarily like Instagram. That's what just Facebook is like, you can see funny shit on there. Yeah. Okay, anyways. You can review us on any of your podcast catchers. Um, Then we'll be noticed a little bit more Mm -hmm. if you like us. If not, you know, fuck you. 
Uh, <laughs> lists of segments for the show this week are our recent review of Renfield, our variety time. Let's talk about beef. Let's talk about beef. Baby. For some reason, I have smelled. I like it just like in my brain saying let's talk about beef made mm. me think of like something that smelled really bad. Like people who smell like beef or something. Or like bologna. Yeah. I wonder what is that? What the fuck is I I've I've noticed that's that's something that's more predominantly in like white people. Mm. I'm not saying you've ever smelled like bologna. That's how I know you're one of the good ones. <laughs> um but yeah, what the fuck? It's mm. gross. Um Yeah. Anyways. Mm. Uh, our geriatric cinematic is Vampire's Kiss, which came out in 1988. Mark. Mark. Yes. What's the terpic? I just want to warn everybody, this is killed. No, this no warning. <laughs> Do it. Okay. Kissing the night away. Kissing the night away. All right, let's never talk about that ever again. <laughs> that exceeded my expectations. <laughs> you know what? Anything for you. Just go ahead. Just make fun of me. I have to. But anyways, that was better. Because when you were practicing, you are like, kissing the night. I know. I should have did it like that. No. Kissing the night away. That was better. The other you're, one was better. You're welcome. Now that we're done with the, you know, kissing slash pissing the night away thing. <laughs> Kelsey. Uh, yeah. All right. You wanted to talk about something in specific. In specific? In specific. Specific. Specific or in particular? Not in specific. In particular. <laughs> in spectacular. Yeah, in spectacular. Okay, sorry. In particular. Um, Something that you didn't even know, because I was like, did you hear about? And you're like... No. <laughs> no, see, I've been working all day. You liar. Oh, yeah. Well, you're implying that I haven't is what you're lying about. I know, I, I, even though I just said, <laughs> currently still unemployed. <laughs> that doesn't mean you weren't working. Yeah, I was right. I was I was getting some information together for to write an editorial. And for applying Geek. for jobs, which is like a full-time exactly. fucking job. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so anyways, mm-hmm. Netflix is uh, going to re- release a documentary about Cleopatra. Okay. It's a docuseries, I think. Okay. They released a trailer, mm-hmm. and they had to turn the comments off. Okay, what was this trailer for? Cleopatra. Okay. Um, it's called, oh, African Queens, Queen Cleopatra. Okay. That's what it's called. <clears throat> All right, go on. Um... So I read something, I think it was on Unilad or something, which they're trash fucking site now. Mm. Um, but they were saying how um, people were saying that they were blackwashing Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. And that's not like, that's not how she was actually uh, in real life. Okay. But um, I pulled up another uh Another article from BBC mm-hmm. and then, you know, kind of get a little bit more backstory about Cleopatra herself. Mm-hmm. And they actually don't really know what she looked like. They oh, don't like, really, no one, like no one knows for sure? No one knows for sure. Um, okay. Because they don't even know who her mother is. Okay. Um, but she was, um, she was the daughter of, 
uh, Ptolemy the twelfth. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was born in Alexandria, which is an Egyptian city, or okay. it was an Egyptian city. Mm. Um, so she could have been any range of a number of colors. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, so I'm I'm on the history dot com. Um, and the, and it, it, it says like little known facts about Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. First one, Cleopatra was an Egyptian. Yeah. No, everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently she was a product of incest. Oh, well that's par for the course. Yeah. Um, a lawyer has filed a complaint that accuses African oh, Queens, Queen Cleopatra God. of violating media laws and aiming to erase the Egyptian, Egyptian identity. Uh, a, tarp, a top archaeologist insisted Cleopatra was light-skinned, not black. Really? I didn't know skin lasts all this time <laughs> in the dirt. Before, you know, zero. Yeah. <laughs> Before year zero. I know, right? Wait, there's a photograph of Cleopatra <laughs> from that time? Are you what? The producer said... Her heritage is highly debated, and the actress playing her told critics, Mm. if you don't like the casting, don't watch the show. (laughs) Seriously. Like, just leave it the fuck alone, then. So, yeah, that was Adele James. Uh, She made the comment in a Twitter post uh, featuring screen grabs of abusive comments that included racist slurs. Okay, so there's a picture of Adele James um, as Cleopatra. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, she does have... Now, from what from what i read is that she does have black features it, she's not she's not predominantly black but she does have black features so the actress that they got to play this character she's you know she's obviously tan a little bit on the light side though she does have kinky hair mm-hmm. um she does look mixed right like yeah her nose is maybe not as flat as you see yeah. from like black black people yeah and I mean, from from what I've read about Cleopatra, she was like a mixture of a bunch of shit anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, that's what I was going to ask you, what you thought about it. But since we don't really know what she looked like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a whole lot you could think about well, it. Well, <laughs> I, I do have some stuff about, I do have s- stuff to say about what's going on, this controversy, whatever, these people... You know, rabble, rabble, rabble on this shit. Okay, uh-huh. so I get it that she's an she's an histor- historical figure, but once again, we don't actually know what she looks like. Um. Oh no, I'm sorry. There, sorry. Yeah, no, we don't actually know what she looks like because a lot of times some of that shit was very altered, like mm-hmm. back then, especially like how people consider back then, even now. They consider white features beautiful and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, to be seen as a white person around that at that Egyptian time, oh shit, they must be of of a higher race or some shit like that. At that Egyptian time, yeah, that yeah, that Egyptian time, you know, <laughs> you know, back in the day, the Egyptian day, <laughs> and also, like, if it's if her if her nationality, I'm sorry, if her skin tone is not pertinent to the to the show. Really, who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. Like it now, it's different now. Let's say, for example, because I know people they tend to flip it around. What if they made Black Panther white? What if they made Blade white? Something like that. Well, Black Panther, his skin tone, his where he comes from, isn't it's important to his character. Mm-hmm. He's from can't uh, exactly make like an African esque. Yeah, I can't make like a, a white boy. 
you know, as uh, king of of um, Wakanda. Wakanda. Yeah, thank you, thank you, white woman, for telling me that. No, I I really had a brain fart. Um, yeah, yeah, like that, or like Blade, like him being like black is actually important to his character because he's like a person of like both worlds and stuff like that. His his blackness actually is important to his character development, shit like that, because he's seen as black men to white people but he's not accepted by the vampire race because he's half breed all that kind of shit right mm-hmm. let's throw that out there right off the top of my head now people are complaining like they've already seen this fucking show like well they saw the trailer and so they can clearly see well no no no, no that's what i'm saying like when i say like see the show like in its entirety like they know the plot points you know maybe her character's like hey a character's like hey cleopatra you're, you are black you know some shit like that right so one thing I do kind of wonder about is like, okay, mm. I totally understand. We don't really know what she was. It doesn't mm. really matter. I'm sure the actress did a great job. Mm. I am worried that people can't just be, you know, like actually try to be historically accurate with it mm-hmm. because of what Jada Pinkett Smith said. <laughs> what did Jada Pinkett Smith say? Because she's um, an executive producer and narrator. Okay. Um, she said, we don't often get to see or hear stories about black queens. And that was really important for me as well as for my daughter and just for my community to be able mm. to know those stories because there are tons of them. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, it's like she probably wasn't white mm. and we don't know what she was. But I also feel like it's kind of weird. Like Jada Pinkett Smith to me is like, like... Because of the fucking red table talk shit Mm -hmm. and stuff that she says, she's like the eccentric white lady of black ladies. Mm, I don't fully agree with that. I get I get some of it, but I think it's really just like kind of like her Hollywood personality. Like she has to put like a facade to she has to put a facade to be more welcoming to a, a wider audience. So you think that's what that comment was? I just feel like she's doing the thing that white people do, is just bending the narrative a little bit to be mm. something what you want it to be. Okay, so with that being said, don't white people do that? No, I, that's what I said. Oh, okay. So, oh, because you're saying... I don't have a problem. I have a problem with it the same on both sides. Oh, okay. You know I what gotcha. I'm saying? I gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't... I mean, it is a very, like, what they do it on both sides kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit more forgiving, especially if it's, if it's like, a person of color, because mm-hmm. this is, like... Okay, cool. This is our time now. Like, yeah, white no, white people have been doing this for like like a, over a hundred as long as filmmaking has been in existence and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect example. Perfect example. Angelina Jolie, right? Um, Angelina Jolie played um, she played a character that was mixed, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So she was in this movie. Uh, called Mighty Heart. It was called Mighty Heart, right? Mm-hmm. And her character. Um, I mean, I'm, I want to. I want to kind of get like the story of it correct. Uh, okay, so it was it was a tr- it was a true story about uh, Marion Pearl mm-hmm. or Marine P- Marine Pearl. Sorry, her name is Marine Pearl. All right, she was the wife of a slain Wall Street reporter, uh, Daniel Pearl, uh, and Angelina played her. Mm-hmm. And a biopic. Mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie. Very white woman. Right? Mm-hmm. Her character had kinky hair. 
the woman, a Marine, uh, Marine Pearl, Afro-Chinese Cuban descent. So all of them. I'm going to show you a picture of her. Side by side, Angelina Jolie. And mm-hmm. tell me how similar they are. I mean, they tried their best. No, you don't do that. Don't <laughs> make <know>. excuses. <laughs> you don't. F- <laughs> they tried their best. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like, if you folks look it up, there's, it, it's, it's from this particular. I mean, you can find if you Google image it, but there's an article I found from a, it's called Atlanta Black Star. Um, it's called Six Real Life Black Characters That Hollywood Casts as, as White People Instead. That's mm-hmm. just one. All right. Uh, but I'm sure there are like actually hundreds. Well, yeah, they're doing like top six. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence at Katniss. Oh, as Katniss Everdeen in The Hunger Games, mm-hmm. who was like, a, uh, who was a, let me see. Um, it was a racist black backlash. Uh, apparently, I, I've never read The Hunger Games book, but it's a, Katniss Everdeen is described as dark brown skin. Uh, dark brown skin and eyes. Are three of them Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Anthony Hopkins uh, successfully passes for white in the human stain. Uh, Anthony Hopkins plays Coleman, Coleman, sorry, Coleman Silk, a Jewish uh, college professor who, despite his appearance, turns out to be a black man. Hmm. That's another example. Like I said, it's just three people. It's just off the top of this article. Oh, my God. Mina Servino as a black woman and stuck. Look at that. Totally nailed. <laughs> the person she's playing um, is uh, Shantae. Shantae Mallard. Mina Servia played that character. All right. All right. Uh, let's just, we, got a, we got a couple more minutes. Kevin Spacey and Pay It Forward. Uh, Eugene Simon, uh, uh, Sim, oh, Simon, Simon, S-I-M-O-N-E-T. Simon, uh, Simone? Simone. Trevor McKinney, uh, let me see, Simon, the character that, uh, he played? Black man. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, ooh, Lawrence Oliver in blackface for Othello. <laughs> Have you ever, you ever read Othello? Mm-mm. The character? Black. Mm-hmm. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. It's a black character. So it's... Look, I am definitely not saying that I'm mad at Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm-hmm. I just thought it would be a good, like, talking point. Oh, I know, I know. But you know what race comes in? I'm like, yo, this is what happened. <laughs> I, I definitely, sometimes I do kind of get my back up a little bit when, when you start saying, like, oh, um, white people have been doing it forever, so black people can do it now. Like, sometimes, yes, but kind of no. No, all the time, yes. <laughs> it's our time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that dating website's for. Black people <laughs> to take back the world. Is that, our is that? Time. Let's just go ahead to the recent <laughs> review, please. Fine. Now, after our bullshit, <laughs> we're going to do our recent review of Renfield. Mr. Renfield, welcome. I am the Lachlan. You will 
make a very good assistant. No! He's evil. We will protect you! You have the word of the most trusted institution on Earth, the Catholic Church. Your sole purpose in life is to serve me. Now, let's see. The synopsis is Renfield, Dracula's henchman and inmate at the Lunatic Asylum for decades, longs for a life away from the Count, his various demands and all of the bloodshed that comes with them. Directed by Chris McKay, written by Ryan Ridley. It stars Nicholas Holt, Nicholas Cage, and Aquafina. Now I know I didn't put down all the cast names like you like, but I will gladly walk you through them. Well, I don't. I don't think anyone else is really important. Okay. All right. Mm. I'm wondering who that old lady was, though. Uh, that was I can't even begin to announce her name. Pronounce. Or pronounce. Here, you look at this. Oh, uh. Kelsey's looking. Kelsey's looking. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she's there. She's like, nope. Nip, 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 nip. It's an aquadashi shushu. <laughs> Fuck, okay. <laughs> um, all right, so Renfield, excuse me, folks. Mm. She was, she seems like someone, mm. she seems like someone that you probably saw like 30 years ago and was like a sex symbol or something. Um, probably. I've seen her before in a bunch of movies, but more like. She also I- kind of reminds me of, um, Issa, or what's her name? Um, from, uh, oh, she's Iranian. She's uh, Tehran, Iran. The Emperor's mm. New Groove. Ismay. Oh, uh, they talking about the evil witch? Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. She sounds like her. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> she's pretty, though. Whoa. What? No, I was just looking at it. I was reading her bio. It's kind of interesting. Anyway. So, Renfeld. Uh, Nicholas, Nicholas Cage plays a vampire again. Mm-hmm. He has a second go at it. Mm-hmm. Um... Kelsey, what did you think about this movie? It was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, better than Mario. Not better <laughs> than... Uh, not better than Dungeons and Dragons. But, oh, you know, so, but Dungeons, fun. Dungeons and Dragons featuring your boo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's my boyfriend, but he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can say that that's like kind of cute. If I say about Rosario Dawson, it's creepy. Well, you'd have to share her with Cory Booker. Oh, they broke up a long time ago. Did they? Oh, yeah. They broke up a long time ago. Oh. He he, he lost any chance of being the president. She was like, deuces. (laughs) I don't think she's that shallow. Okay. I don't think she is either, but I mean, the time is kind of funny. It is. Um, All right. So what what makes this movie fun for you? Um... Well, first of all, the movie didn't take itself too seriously. Yes. This movie knew what it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Like, f- like, fuck logic. Exactly. Mm. Um, which makes me want to talk about that, uh, that, uh, support group. They were kind okay. of, like, usually when a film brings a support group into the, into the movie or the show, mm-hmm. you just want to throw up immediately. Yeah. Because it's annoying, it's a trope, it's whatever. Yeah. But this this one was like, it knows what it is. Like, it's not trying to sell anything. Like, mm-hmm. all the different characters in the support group are, like, bringing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I like that part. 
Yeah, like that. Honestly, like that. That whole setup with the support group, I, I wasn't expecting to like it because, you know, I seen the tra- like they the trailer really sells the whole support group, or they they show the support group like a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to be like this really funny moment and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the support group actually has like kind of a, a, of an important, actually not kind of, it has a, an important important role with like the plot and mm-hmm. the storyline, especially like um, Nicholas Holtz uh character art um and there was actually like some genuine funny moments like with that whole like with a couple of those scenes featuring the support group members yeah um i also liked uh nicholas holt's kills oh that shit was bloody as fuck Mm -hmm. i my only gripe with that is i wish it was like real blood i'm not sorry not real blood (laughs) yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) We just get their limbs torn off. Like, yes, that's what we want. <laughs> Not by that. I mean, like, mostly it's like CGI blood, right? <laughs> and I can understand why they did that because if it, if it was like practical effects blood, um, this would have got like an NCT NC seventeen rating. Does that make a difference? Yeah, it does. If it's actually CGI blood, it really makes a difference. Oh. Um. I thought the blood mostly looked like a cheap brand of, like, tomato soup. Digitize. <laughs> I know, but it was, like, not red, uh-huh. but not orange. Yeah, it was, like, bright red and shit. But, no, not bright red. It looked orange. <laughs> like, mm. it had orange in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were really all... All the people in there were part pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> Pumpkins that they soaked in CGI blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you do that? <laughs> Soak it in CGI blood. That's why I said it. Just an empty box, CGI blood. <laughs> um, so Chris McKay's directing. What do you What did you think about that? Um, I liked how he told the story, but I did think that he bounced around a lot. Wow, I just looked up his IMDb page. I, 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 if he's got my respect now. Uh, he directed the Lego Batman movie. Oh, yeah, I love that. That was fun. Uh huh. And he directed the Tomorrow War? Don't know what that is. That's what Chris Pratt. I wrote, I, I had to do, I had, I attended like a virtual press conference for that. It was boring as fuck. And then I had to review it. The movie's boring as fuck. <laughs> mm. But like, this is his next movie. His, Renfield is his next film. So I'm like, all right. All right, I get you got my respect again, Matt. I feel like he's good at making things fun, but not necessarily making them good. Yeah, but see, like that's the thing with Renfield. It's fun and it's good, but it's fun because it's good because it's fun. Where he did like the Tomorrow War, he tried to make it too serious. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, um, remember when we watched uh, Willow, mm-hmm. and we're like, these two characters, you don't need them. Oh yeah, the two like mice type character my size characters yeah mm. like i feel like that's the kind of uh director chris mckay is mm. where it it it's fun it could be more fun it could be better mm. but it's fun enough to make it a good movie but i probably wouldn't give it any higher than like a b minus for Renfield. yeah i can see that yeah it's definitely not like um a plus quality i mean like 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 how you said it it, the movie knows what it is, right? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't take itself seriously. There are like, I, I one of the problems I do have with it is like sometimes the pacing is a little 
too, I don't want to say it's jaunty, but like, or janky. But like, there are like times where like. It just feels like he's jumping around, right? No, like, well, yeah, that. And like, the plot holes are like, boom, like all there. Like, plot hole, plot hole, plot hole, plot hole. Mm -hmm. But hey, guess what? More blood. Yeah. Oh. That's what I'm saying about him is like, like yeah, he's a director and mm. you're like, oh, he has my respect. I'm like, yeah, Lego Batman was fun because of Lego Batman. Yeah. And like that was the thing. I feel like his m type of humor movie making is sticky. Oh, okay. I can see it. Yeah. Which is kind of like you can only do it once and it's kind of funny. That's true. That is absolutely true. Like you can only watch Renfeld sober once. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, you have to like get higher drink while watching. Yeah. It was like this. Well, one one of the things that really sells me on this movie is that Nicolas Cage just like fucking just hams it up. Mm -hmm. He's like, "I'm Dracula. I got this accent nobody asked for. Fuck it, why not?" I feel like his accent was um, an upgrade from uh, oh, Vampire's Vampire Kiss? Kiss. I don't know. I don't know that Vampire's Kiss accent. It's <laughs> where he sounded like Trump. Yeah, yeah. You you kept saying that I couldn't really hear it. It's if anything, if anything, it's not like eighties yuppie, but like that's Trump is. That's what Trump is. But that's the thing. Trump Trump has that voice because of the eighties yuppie, and he's doing it. He's he's still doing it now. And now people are just like, oh, that's Trump's voice. We're like, no, eighties yuppies used to do that all the time. Yeah. It just shows how fucking out of touch he is. <laughs> So yes, in a roundabout way, you're uh -huh. saying yes, he does sound like Trump. All right, all right, all right. No, you know what? No, no. You know why? Because Peter L Peter Liu in Vampire's Kids did it first and did it cooler. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, back to Renfield. Um, what's I? You kind of go. You you're like hit or miss with Nicolas Cage, right? Um, I don't think I've ever seen anything with him in it that I didn't like. Oh, okay. I'm not hit or miss on him. Oh, okay. Because I, I feel like... No, I don't want to compare it. I was going to say like that and Keanu Reeves, but like... I know you're like, Mark, shut up. I... Well, kind of, because you keep telling me that I hate him, and the quickest way to get someone to hate something is to continually tell them that they hate it. Okay, I'm sorry. You love... Okay, I'm sorry. You love Keanu Reeves. You you think his acting is spectacular. Mm. Top-notch Oscar-worthy. Yeah. I mean, he should win for John Wick alone. Mm -hmm. All that dialogue and those heartfelt moments. Like, yeah. <laughs> Not really. Um, all right. So I feel like I stole your thunder. But what did you think about... What did you like about Nicolas Cage's performance? Um, <laughs> I liked how, what an asshole he was. 100. He can, like... Like, you knew he was an asshole, but, like, it was so funny how he was like, okay, I'm not an asshole right now. I'm going to say something, mm. and then I'm going to say it a backhanded kind of way, and <laughs> yeah. I really am an asshole. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, exactly. oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I I have to give it to um, Nicolas Cage's performance and um, Ryan Ridley, who wrote the script, that, like, like... The trailer is like, oh, my boss is an asshole, right? Like, that's what, like, the whole Renfell character in Dracula, like, my boss is an asshole. But, like, when you watch the movie, it's about, like, being in an abusive relationship mm -hmm. and all that shit. And, like, I mean, if if you flip this movie into a drama, it'd be, like, way dark. It'd be, like, heartfelt moments of, like, the character's arc rising above and getting past their abuser and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um 
But like the movie kind of like laugh. I don't say laughs at it, but makes a joke about it and goes and it goes this level of like, no, this is something serious. But like, let's let's learn it from like a comedic angle. Yeah. Um, which I have to give it up to the writing on that. And Nicholas Cage's performance. Because, yeah, he's like a dick. And he does do that thing where, like, to Renfield, like, when I met you, you were useless. You're just a husk and everything like that. And when Renfield kind of, like, is fighting back, um, Dracula turns it around saying, like, oh, you're abusing me. You're the asshole and all that kind of <laughs> shit. And it's like that whole gaslighting type thing that really works in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what yeah. did you think about Aquafina? I, I, okay, so I don't mind Aquafina in this movie. I think she did a good job. Not like a great job. One thing I am very happy about is that she stopped doing her black scent. Mm. Like, that was like, that was a huge problem that, um, that she was, that a lot of people were having about, about her as a performer. Mm-hmm. Because, like, she started her career as, like, this, with this black scent. Um, I think she did like, a couple rap albums and stuff like that, right? Um, and she was like I said, she was doing this black scent. But then when she would like when she did the movie, I think it's called like the family or something like that. Um, the one where she had uh, she had to, like take like she had to lie to her grandma that she that the grandma was dying, but like say that she wasn't and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And like and if I remember correctly, she didn't really have a black scent in that movie. She had she had kind of a, like a an accent to it, but not like a black scent to it. Uh, and she had done these interviews where she's that black sense gone. Mm-hmm. So people were like, oh, okay, okay, you're using black culture to like uplift your career. Um, Do you think that maybe that was a learned speech? Oh, I'm sorry, it's called the farewell. Especially when you're performing. Like, I want your honest opinion on that because, like, if you, if you have a career where you're trying to be like a rapper or whatever, and uh-huh. most of the people that you're around, are black because that's actually like more of a black thing do you think Mm. that somehow that seeps into like the way you talk when you're performing but not when you're off the mic um i want to say wait what was your question again like oh you think do you think it's learned do i think it's learned right Mm -hmm. all right so here's here's my opinion on that if if honestly if that's part of your natural if that's part of just your dialogue like that's how you speak cool like that's that's just how you're raised. Like how people, like for example, people who have like a southern. Okay, take that back. Let's say for example, John Krasinski or or Chris Evans. They're from Boston. Mm-hmm. They have thick Bostonian accents, right? Mm-hmm. But when they're on camera, when they're doing interviews, gone, gone completely, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but see, they're not. They're just they just have like a like a a less Bostonian accent, right? So they're not really like taking somebody's culture. And like using it as like their Hollywood or to gain in Hollywood. Aquafina, what she did, doing the black scent and everything, and then only applying it to like her rap or her acting or stuff like that, or trying to have like this outrageous personality. But clearly, she can do like just regular like voice, like just regular how she speaks. She's like building her career off of like black culture. So, two things. Uh-huh. So, you're saying 100% of the time. She did yeah. that on purpose, and one hundred percent of the time, um, if anyone does it, it's not learned. Yeah, yeah. Like if you if you can go back and forth with it, like like I said, um, it, you know, I'm like losing track of what I was thinking. Um, if you go back and forth to it, but you use it to apply to get ahead, mm-hmm. then you're then you're not you you you're utilize, you're taking something that you learned, 
and like um, like I don't say I don't mean to use this in a strong, strong but like weaponize it. Yeah. You're just like, oh, okay, I'm gonna use this because it's it's gonna get me ahead. But like behind doors, I'm just like this. But I have another serious question for you. Okay. Damn, this this episode's about race. Does anyone want to listen to someone rap who sounds white as fuck? Because Eminem did not sound white. He sound like he did sound white, but you could tell that he also had like. But see, that's part of Emin- that's actually Eminem. That's how he grew up. Yeah, that's how he grew up, and that like I've heard, I've 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 seen and heard interviews with him. That's how just how he talks. Mm-hmm. Like cool, like that's it. If like Aquafina talked like that all the time during interviews and all that kind of shit, all right, cool, you learned it. We're all good, you know. You're but like. Even even if, but nobody, I'm saying nobody wants to hear someone who doesn't have that accent rap. That <laughs> so like either she should never have even started, or mm-hmm. like I don't think there should be an understanding. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. go that far. Okay, because I'm not I'm not gonna say like oh let her have her little black scent so she could like perform. But uh-huh. Like, <laughs> but like. Nobody wants to hear someone. I talk like that. Like that, who doesn't yeah. I mean, like? Nobody wants to hear someone perform who mm-hmm. sounds not like who sounds white. Yeah, like they have no culture. That's true. <laughs> but she's Asian. There you go. She's not white. Yeah. So that means it's okay. And that's the thing. <laughs> I'm just and, that, and, and that's the thing. <laughs> she's been in like like for example, Ocean's Eight, Crazy Rich Asian. She was like, "Yo, I'm this. I'm blah 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 blah," and all that kind of stuff, which is like, okay, cool. You know, it gives you a, it gives you the idea of like, okay, that's how she really is. You know, mm-hmm. especially if she had carried that like in her interviews, like that's like, all right, that's just her personality. That's how she is. Mm-hmm. But now she's like, no, I talk like this, and here's my interview. I talk like this, and it's like, okay, cool. You're just using it to get ahead in life, mm-hmm. and that's once again, you're just appropriating black culture. Yeah, and that's the biggest fucking problem. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, so did I like Aquafina's performance? Yes. Why? Because no fucking black accent. <laughs> did I like her? You didn't ask me how I felt about her acting. Well, well, because you, you asked me first. Uh, so what did you think? Yeah, of her but you first? didn't have to take the whole, you know, ten minutes. You took the whole ten minutes. You're right. I definitely didn't start it. Okay. <laughs> I did. You dropped the mic. <laughs> anyway, okay. So what did you think of what did you think of Aquafina's performance? I don't like her. Damn. Okay. I don't like this in general, or you didn't like her in this movie. Both. I liked mm-hmm. her in um, the farewell. That that one. That was the one about the grandma. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also the um, the Ten Rings one. Oh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, I liked her in those two movies specifically. And mm-hmm. if I've seen her in anything else, I don't like her because she mm-hmm. tries to be funny, but I don't think she actually is. Mm. She has like a loud personality, but nothing bring it doesn't bring anything to the table for me. Yeah, you're not. I know you're not a huge fan of like that t- that style of comedy. No. Um, and also, I hate her fucking name. Aquafina. Yeah. Well, and I know she changed her name to that. Well, what's Aquafina's real name? Well, that is her real name. She changed no. it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, her name is Noah Lum. Yeah. How uh, known professionally is Aquafina? Like, come on. Like, really? What? Like, like, still, she's like, well, I'm Aquafina. It's just like, that's a, okay, that's, that sounds black. It doesn't sound black. It sounds like she took the name of a normal, regular thing that nobody thinks about daily. 
Like water? <laughs> yeah, Aquafina. Uh-huh. And decided to make it as a joke, her name. Yeah. Like, and it's like how rappers choose names, and she chose that as a joke, which makes it worse. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. So I don't like her. You don't like her? No. I don't. Okay. Okay, let me re- let me bring that back. It's not that I... I've I, seen what Tiffany Haddish would have been a better choice for this fucking role. Because uh, she can yeah. actually be funny. Yeah, yeah. I can picture Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I could have seen her rock that role. Um, so, uh, to add more to my, my thoughts on Aquafina um, in this particular movie. Um, like, she's good. Like... I think she's good because, like, some of her stuff was funny. Like, I, I did like her observational type of comedy. That's the thing. When she's not yelling and she's doing observational comedy, mm-hmm. I like it, you know? And then she had, like, this running gag in the show. I'm sorry, in the movie where um, there's a character. This is not a spoiler or anything, but there's a character named Kyle. And, like, uh, like the captain of her, her precinct was like, you say fuck you to everybody. And he's like, no, I don't. And he said, yeah, you say fuck you to Kyle. And Kyle says something. And she's like, shut the fuck up, Kyle. And that, like, continues on, like, throughout the movie. Like, that was funny. But right. it wasn't, like, it showed up a lot, and mm. it wasn't that funny. Well, to you, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> Low bar. Low bar? Mm-hmm. Low bar, Mark. Yeah. yeah. You're talking to somebody who, like, will... You're talking... Hold up. You're talking with somebody who does a horrible Lily Allen joke and thinks it's funny as fuck. You mean Lily James? Sorry, yeah. Lily James, yes. Well, it is funny. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Because you're not just saying, fuck you, Kyle, and then thinking that's funny. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, All right. We've been talking about this in the non-spoiler section for a while. You want to get into the spoiler section? Sorry, my (laughs) throat... I thought that was like a, you know, a, uh, what's it called? Dramatic pause. <laughs> yeah, dramatic turn. Want to get to the uh, spoiler section. section. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so we're going to get to the spoiler <laughs> section. We're going to talk uh, at great lengths uh, about Chris McKay. I forgot the director's name. Chris McKay's Renfield. So if you don't want to be spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. Hola. So there's a plot hole that annoyed the fuck out of me. Which one? Uh, the fact that the entire city uh-huh. is working with like the Lobos family. Or it's, it's under the, the control of the Lobos family. Mm-hmm. Right. The entire city. And my whole thing is, how in the fuck did that happen? I It, it bothered me too. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I'm just like... like I knew it from the beginning, because mm-hmm. obviously enough had happened for her to bust the guy in the first. Yeah, uh, t- like, Ben Schwartz character, who's a uh, Junior Lobos, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tedward Lobo, T- Tedward Lobo. Mm-hmm. Um, she had enough to, you know, bring him up on charges on that first, you know, checkpoint or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's like throwing cocaine bricks at him. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was kind of funny. It was funny. Yeah. But that was it. Like 
They didn't do anything. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so everyone's fucking bad. Yeah. And that's how I knew. And then it was early on in the movie. So mm-hmm. anything after that, I'm like, okay, I got to check my brain out the door. Yeah, yeah. So it bothered me, but not like that much. But that's also one of the reasons why I was like, this isn't a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of checked my brain at the, at the door when uh, they had Nicholas Holt attempting to do a uh, like a breakdown spin, like this weird spin he did with his body. I was like, that wasn't him. It's the part where like that that hitman's throwing knives at him and shit. Oh, okay. and he's like dodging. I'm like, that's not him. This movie's stupid. Yeah, it was Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is how you do it. <laughs> that's my really that's my Keanu Reeves impersonation from now on. <laughs> you have to do uh, Keanu Reeves as Lily James. <laughs> no, Lily James is Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Lily James. <laughs> Oh, I'm doing mine for. I can't do it. <laughs> exactly, because one of them's low and one of them's high. Yeah, my brain just <laughs> clashed right now. Both both sides of my brain. Um. Yeah, I mean that's like one plot point that it's it's funny because like you were, you had looked at it and you're like, okay, this is that's this is silly, that's stupid. But I mean, other than the other plot points, I was like, why? Like, that's the one that just stuck out with with me the most. Like, because they they were using it as like the setup of like. There's no place that they're safe because, you know, all the cops are after him and all that kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, near the end, they're, like, sitting down at a diner. Like, having coffee or tea or something like that. Uh-huh. It's like, why like why aren't the cops chasing them, like, 24-7? Um, you know what I, I thought was a big plot point? Hmm. Or plot, plot, plot point or plot hole? Hole. Okay. Nicolas Cage. Okay. As Dracula. Okay. Ends up... After a bender, as uh, Nicholas Holt calls it, uh, gets burnt by the sun okay. and um, spends decades unable to feed on anybody of his own free will out in the world. Uh-huh. And at the end, uh-huh. he gets burned by the sun and it doesn't oh, affect him. Yeah, I know, at right? All. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, even, even like when he like. He turns into like a bunch of bats. Some of the bats are like on fire, like they're burning away and stuff like that. Yeah. But when he like reforms, he's like, oh, okay, I'm back, like normal. Like, wait, wait, I, wouldn't like at least part of your body be burnt? So that's either either means it was an actual plot hole, or uh-huh. we're supposed to believe that the only reason why it took him so many decades to heal mm. is because he was uh like being a pity party for. Uh-huh. <laughs> But he, like, really didn't need him. He just, you know, was like, feed me. You love me, right? The sign of an abuser. See, even even Dracula being wounded, sign of an abuser. <laughs> Did you think at all about his fangs? How do you mean? Nicholas Cage? Yeah, no, I didn't. Remember I told you what he did? What did he do? Remind me. His fangs, they had a 3D printer, so they could make ones if they broke or whatever. Oh, okay, okay, go on. So those he had, he had those printed, uh-huh. but also to make them fit better, he had his real teeth shaved down. Oh yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So every time I saw his teeth, I thought about that. Oh, you that. thought about that? Clearly, also, I did it. <laughs> how can you talk with your your teeth that sharp? Like I'm surprised we didn't hear about him like puncturing or cutting the fuck up out of his lip. I'm sure that happened a couple of times. Um, 
And you know, Nick, because I, I feel like that. I feel like a mouthpiece like that. I feel like that's not going to really bother Nicholas Cage a whole lot because he's, he's. He probably has, you know, his lips are scarred like a like a callus because he plays all these roles where he's a fucking crazy person. And he's like screaming. His lips are like chapped and shit uh-huh. like that i mean that and like <laughs> that and so you agree <laughs> yeah i agree i agree with that but also he's been like like i don't know i think like the amount of acting he's he's done mm-hmm. it's like he can he can like work around that you know mm-hmm. like um what's his name like rami malik who uh did freddie mercury he had a hard time doing freddie mercury's like talking like him because he had a they had him put like a a mouthpiece to kind of like really have him sound like Freddie Mercury, and he had a hard time because of like how his jawline is. Uh-huh. And I think he has, I think he has like a second row of teeth or something like that. But it was like giving him a, a challenge to like do to do to do his acting, which is funny because Rami Malek already has a lot of teeth. Yeah, I know. Like he, he already he has that kind of like large underbite kind of thing. Yeah. So picture like that with a mouthpiece and trying to talk like a certain way and shit like that where right, Nicholas Cage is like oh I've been acting for like 40 years I can do this yeah. this is nothing <laughs> um, and it tells you him having because he has he has those teeth all the time right mm-hmm. I actually I like that he had those teeth all the time like even in mid conversation he'd be like ah, like <laughs> just like he like he just had to show his teeth all the time of how much of a threat he is, even though he didn't have to do that because he's fucking Dracula. Seriously. Um. So, one part that I wow, this guy's actually kind of handsome. Holy shit! The guy who played Mark, uh, uh, Brandon Scott Jones. I'm looking at his IMDb picture. He's actually pretty handsome. Like here, you would say that Mark. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He actually looks pretty handsome. He looks like a like a. A painting that someone would do in the 1800s. Yeah, exactly. But of uh, Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> oh, Mads, my man. Um, Who is also very handsome. Mads Mikkelsen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's like, I can't think of him and not think of Hannibal Lecter. I can. Or a Bond villain. Or somebody who built this Death Star. Or um, <laughs> the one guy from uh, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, yeah, the the Hitler. With the blue eye? The, oh, Johnny Depp? Oh, no, not the blue eye guy. I thought he also had one, but I guess he didn't. No, no, no. Um, oh, okay, yeah, so one one of, the things I, one of the things I thought was really funny, and I thought it was a great way how they ended the movie, was because, um, like, the support group gets mutilated. Or right? decimated. Yeah, decimated, right? Mm-hmm. And, like... At the end, Renfield is at the support group again. I was like, wait, this person was dead. That person, like, I'm pointing them out to to Kelsey. Like, wait, why? Wait, huh? And I thought it was like a continuity issue or something yeah, like that. Yeah, me too. And the fact that, like, they they all got brought back to life because of Dracula's blood. Mm-hmm. And I like how the Mark character is like, I appreciate you bringing us all back from the dead. And, and you don't forget you don't forget what you see on the other side. <laughs> on the other side, or what you know from the <laughs> other side. <laughs> and I was kind of like, let's continue on with this. I want to see how fucked up they are now. <laughs> Does that one girl still continue to talk and then get upset that she doesn't uh, finish her story? <laughs> she gets cut even off. in death. Uh, even in death, I can't finish my fucking story. Um. Oh, Car- oh, Carol, Jenna, Canal. She looks actually. She looks cute with her hair cut super short. Oh, she was... Oh, here. Oh, 
Okay. I thought she looked cute. Whatever. You're just like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Um, oh, she's an action star. Holy shit. Okay, sorry. I'm like going off. Um, See what I have to put up with, everyone. He does this constantly. I know. I know. Um, all right. So you have anything else to add? We've been talking about this for a while. No. I think people should check it out. Yeah. I do, too. Unfortunately, it like, I think I only did like $6 million at the box office over, over its weekend, the opening mm-hmm. weekend, which sucks because like... Like I said, this is like a fun film to like, especially like I said, like I said, Nicolas Cage just like hams it up on all his scenes. He does. I think it's probably more for the fans of Nicolas Cage. I don't think you're going to, if you think it's going to be the best film ever, mm-hmm. which is what I think everyone wanted it to be because it had Nicolas Cage in it. Yeah. Um, It's not. Yeah, it's not. I mean, you probably will like it if you're a fan of Nicolas Cage. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I say check it out as well. Just to watch Nicolas Cage is... You know, play Dracula. Yeah. Which is funny. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what do we got next? Next, we're going to do our variety time. All right. We need to talk about beef. You know, not the meat, but the actual thing of the you know people have beef <laughs> together i feel like you're just <laughs> not here <laughs> uh, so what kelsey's getting at is that we're gonna talk about netflix's beef um with stars uh steven yun and and ali wong uh so just from here on out we're gonna be talking about spoilers so if you haven't seen beef or um you don't want to know what happens just skip on over the segment i'll put it in the in the show notes of when this segment ends and when it i oh, was sorry when it begins and when it ends and stuff like that so you won't be spoiled all right so if you got if folks have enough time we're gonna talk about spoilers right about now by the way hmm. i have a spoiler for you it, okay did you know ali wong is dating uh bill hater is that a thing? I saw a picture of... Is that a thing? It is a thing. What? I guess they were seen sometime last year, and then they weren't seeing each other. Uh-huh. But then they were seen together together again, so it seems like they might have, like... That came up as my third result for, for Google. <laughs> so I'm like, one trash human what? character... And another trash human character? Okay, sorry. Match made in helping. Jeez, yeah. <sighs> you... Ugh. Anyway, we're, you and me want to have some beef. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So, I, I Kelsey, what you you had texted me about because I told you I was like you got to watch the show. It's so fucking good, and you you did, and your text had said, "What was it? This movie fucked me up." No, I asked you this. The end of this movie didn't fuck you up. Hmm. Or not this movie, the series. Yeah. And you're like, no. Okay. Um, And I I take it it fucked you up. It did. Why? Um, Because I kind of take it personally when people uh, could avoid something by just Mm -hmm. fucking talking about it. I I totally agree with you. That's that's the same conclusion I came to when I I finished the season. Yeah. Uh, But it always, like, fucks things up for me. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't have to be the way that they were. They mm-hmm. clearly had some issues, mm-hmm. and they didn't have 
anyone around them to help it, help them out with it. Yeah, which which I think is it's really the underlying message that these are people who, these are people who have anger issues and there's generational trauma and they their life is shit, but they they're kind of like blaming other people for it, or they're trying to find like an outlet or a save a savior or a, of some sort. Like, oh, if I get to this point, my life's gonna be better. It's gonna mm-hmm. be great and all that kind of stuff, without actually doing the legwork of like, what is wrong with me and how do I? Like, it could get- have started with the generational stuff and yeah. their parents, mm-hmm. but then they didn't fix it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, and like. And I, I know you said, I know you said, and I, and I um, echo the same statement of, like, if these people just talked, like, there there wouldn't be an issue, you know? Because it's, everything starts just because of road rage. Like, that's, that's, that's where everything goes downhill. And well, it's funny because that's something that rich and poor people can relate to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why it was chosen as a catalyst. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense because Stephen Yoon's character, its he's struggling through life. And Ali Wong essentially has almost everything that she wants in life. Mm-hmm. But she, it's funny because her traumas are not as apparent as his are mm-hmm. until you really start to take a deeper look. Yeah. But I like how it wraps up with them. You don't know who's who towards the end when they're talking. Yeah, when they're doing that, when they're taking like the psychedelics and stuff uh-huh. like that. Yeah, I thought that scene was really great. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I think I remember telling you, like, that penultimate episode is fucking wild. Um, what, what was your opinion on, on that one? Is that the one where they bust into the house? Yeah, it's the robbery episode. Um, first of all, I thought it was funny that the white lady was, like, unfazed by anything. Yeah, her thing was, like... Just be yourself and I'll like you no matter what. And she just that's got... A, and that's a... And, and I, I'm not saying that's, like, you fit in this category, but that's a very rich white thing. Well, I don't because I'm not rich. Yeah, but you're white. Well, I also do look the other way on things. Yeah, but her, it's very like, like, there's that great line when Ali Wong's character, it's, oh, and we're referring to, um, let me find the actress's name. Um, I'm surprised you didn't put her name here. I know, right? She was the main one. I know. I'm like shooting myself in the foot right now. Yeah. Uh, More dead air because of Mark. No, I'm talking. Brought to you by Mark. Maria Bello. Who played Jordan? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she plays like this very. Oh, there you go. There's a scene between Ali Wong's character and Maria Bello's character where Ali Wong's trying to buy that chair back, the one that the mm-hmm. that the husband George sold. Um, and she says, Maria Bello says like this very rich white thing. Do I look like I need money? Oh yeah. Which is just like, wow, you must be uber fucking rich. Yeah. You know. Well, clearly, because she lives in a fucking museum. Yeah, she has, like, all those crowns. Which, mm-hmm. once again, it's another thing of, like, white people owning, like, other cultures and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I, I felt like I felt like that episode, that I really, like, hit it on the head with that one, the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just, like, great how they were just, like, this is one of the problems that, like, we need to confront. Yeah. Um, so I did find that one kind of crazy, but I... Mm-hmm. What I hated the most about it, and not because it was bad, but because it really hurt, mm-hmm. was... Um, the series or that particular episode? That In that particular episode, uh-huh. when um, Danny uh-huh. told his brother, I oh, yeah, I on. threw away your um, admission letters. Yeah, that... Just so he would, like, fucking leave. 
And then he regretted it immediately. Yeah, because like, well, I felt like he regretted it because he heard the, his sh- the, sh- the shots fired. I mean, that's how I took it, but I guess you saw it, that he regretted it a bit sooner than before I, the shot. Well, I did feel like it was a little bit sooner because mm-hmm. it was like he let him go. But then he was like, no, but I need you. Like, he's so used to having his brother yeah. there because um, he's codependent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I felt like he realized, oh, shit, I actually, I told you that. And I, sh- I maybe I could have said something different because now I really won't have you. Yeah, he like, he like nuked that fridge. Yeah. I mean, fridge, bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, nuked the fridge is a whole different like terminology and shit. Yeah. Um, yeah and it's, it's funny because like. Because the Paul character comes off like he like he's an asshole. Yeah. But like at that moment, you're like, oh shit! Like you, at least to me, I felt sorry for him at that moment of like, damn dude, you're like this because like your brother fucked your fucked up your future. Yeah. Um. So yeah. That, but also, he was kind of like that anyway, because even when he was looking for like to get into college and uh, shit, there was like that flashback. Yeah. Um. And he was like not even giving his older brother the time of day. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that he probably and that's the thing he probably would have been he probably would have been just as much an asshole or maybe more so if he had gone to college and kind of like hung that over his brother's head like oh I did this I'm successful you're um, changing toilets and shit like that yeah uh, <laughs> so the the one thing that I thought was really great for what what was really great for the show um and i honestly i did i did not expect to like this was the whole the religious aspect of it mm-hmm. um how like steven yun's character like breaks down crying um in that church mm-hmm. and he he only goes there just to kind of like try to get like some type of uh job or like to get a job there or something like that or, like mm-hmm. construction work um and he has this very like spiritual moment where like he just breaks down and he sees like a form of like salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember hearing about like there's that there's that angle they take the show. And normally, whenever I see like religious stuff in, in movies, I'm, I like, roll my eyes like, all right, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but that one, I was just like, holy shit! Like I've kind of been there before, having like that kind of religious moment, you know, that come to Jesus moment. I had mine when I was eight. That come to Jesus moment? You want to go into the details? Of, of yeah, both? it was the time where my mom uh-huh. lost me and my sister to my dad. And then he wouldn't let me or my sister talk to my mom for months. Uh-huh. Like, he would always tell her, oh, they're in the shower or they're cleaning up after dinner or whatever. Mm. And we never knew she called. Oh, wow. I didn't know To the point that. where it was, like, months later and I'm crying myself to sleep. Like, God, if you please, like... You know, I won't be bad ever again if you let me see my oh, mom. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. And I'd never really been in church. Uh-huh. I just knew a, that go- there was a God. Yeah. Like, that's it. <laughs> that Holy Spirit and, like, try to lift you up. Yeah. I, I didn't think that, but I was like, well, he's got to be real because he could fix it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's it. That, that was the total extent. It wasn't like, oh, I believe in God because someone taught me about anything. Yeah, like no. like to the point where like you have it to. It was like Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like you you got to a point like you have been so broken down by the absence of your mom that you started looking for like spirit, like a spiritual event to like help like pick you up mm-hmm. to get like, to, you know, give you hope, I guess. Yeah. Uh, which I think that's, that's so interesting because like, I don't know. I can't say like 
for people who are atheists or um, part of the satanic uh, church or or whatever, agnostic. yeah, or agnostic or stuff like that, you know, who, you know, if they are, they're pushed pushed up against the corner, or I'm sorry, backed up into the corner, or like have like this very life threatening moment or something like that, you know, if all of them, I can't really say that all of them will say like, oh, please God help me and stuff like that, but you know, as as somebody who Myself, who used to, who was like raised up in the Christian Christian church, mm-hmm. and um, at one point was an atheist. Matter of fact, I was a fucking I was one of those asshole atheists who was like, "God doesn't exist, fuck God," like all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Are you now somewhere in the middle? I like I said, I'm more agnostic. Like I believe there is something, but like I think what we know, like it can't be quantified in just words or like holy spirits and stuff like that. I think it's like a like one thing I actually do believe. And this is weird to say this. One thing I actually do believe in is the, what's called the uh, the Akashic field. The Akashic field is essentially the universal library. All information, all data, all that's been known goes into that library, and we go into that library once we die to to understand that, like how the universe works. Okay. That's like that's like one of my thoughts on it. That sounds about as um, you know weird as my idea of like like energies and stuff like, like that. energy, but it's not yeah. like the whole chakra energy. Thing. Yeah, the, it's not that the, like I don't the, believe in crystals. Like yeah, the brown eye or some shit like that. <laughs> the yeah. brown, yes, the brown eye. It's the called like the, brown. I, eye. I think it's called like the brown, the brown chakra. Obviously, I don't know shit. I think it's called like the brown chakra, and that's supposed to be like your mind or something. Uh, whatever. I said whispering brown eye. Did you get it? Yeah, I did. Stop it. <laughs> that's why. That's why I you're talking over. Past, yeah, like fuck that. Let's keep going. <laughs> I believe in energies like. um like it's almost like a record of your existence okay right and so like your energy has to go somewhere like like the ripple of a a puddle and they say that doesn't ever end oh yeah yeah yeah. you like you can't see it but it's still going yeah so i honestly i believe i believe in that even Mm -hmm. if it's sentient or not i Mm -hmm. believe it probably could be but mostly it's just like a record of what happened i can see that yeah 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 i think that that and also like the more energy collectively people put into something the more it's likely to like they'll leave like a lasting effect i guess yeah like happen or like Uh almost like people there's so many people who believe in the three big religions that Mm. almost they like their energy could almost make certain things happen oh okay i get you i get you all right um so yeah that was that was a little detour of like (laughs) come to jesus moment (laughs) (laughs) but um so like that religious angle that like it's it started off wholesome, right? Stephen Yule's character is like, I found God, I want to be a better person, and then it just continues to showcase how much of a fucking piece of shit he is, because um, his character, like, like his like his character, um, like makes the makes the character Edwin look bad. That's the that's the guy who was like the head of the church at the time. Yeah. Uh, makes him look bad to a point. He was where, on. He was the captain of the praise team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, and like, like, like the Danny character, like, change, like manipulates things to be like, all right, now I'm gonna be like the head of like the church group and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it just shows how much like of a piece of shit he is. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was great. I was like, God, this guy's an asshole, but I love it. <laughs> also, like he he uses it as like a front for his construction business. It kind of yeah. makes you think that he's going to steal from the church. And I think he did think about it. But then he mm. found he like a like, use for his cousin's money. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Instead, def- so then he just used it more as like, like a f- uh, facade. Yeah, like instead a facade. of like actually stealing from them. Well, and that, that and I feel that he was. Um, he had also like utilized his construction company and what he was doing for the church to like help build that house that mm-hmm. he even wanted to build for his family. And I actually thought him building the house would be maybe like the penultimate episode or like the last episode where he finally gets what he wants. But I like the fact that that wasn't that was that happened like maybe an episode like six or seven. Um It was it, the episode before the penultimate. Okay, so an episode I think there's ten episodes, so episode Most than eight. Seven. Well, the penultimate was nine. Oh, yeah. Said, so eight. eight. Um, but like, like, cause it does like this time jump thing. Right. Which mm-hmm. I was just like, all right. I like, I, some people don't like that, but I thought it really worked within the context of this movie or sorry, this series, because when they, when the time, when the time jumps, they're like successful, but they're still miserable mm-hmm. and explored that further. Like that scene between, um, Danny and Amy, when Danny was at Amy's house and like he he asked her like I just want to know like if I can get to where you're at and pretty much like can I be happy as well and she's like everything fades like she has this like nihilistic idea of it like everything's fading doesn't matter like this is all bullshit mm-hmm. and I was originally I was actually pissed off at her for for saying that I'm like that's kind of fucked up like why can't you just kind of be like no it's okay like this is what happens. Mm-hmm. But after thinking about it, I actually liked it more because she was being realistic. Like, yeah, sorry, this is all it is. Like, it's not going to amount to anything. It kind of made me happy. Like, I kind of got mad at her for saying that, too. But at the same time, it made me happy. Like, like I'm kind of afraid to tell you that that's, like, sometimes, because you'll say something is nihilistic or whatever, but then I'm like, no, but I actually think that. <laughs> but I'm not a nihilistic person. But I know I come off that way sometimes. But I really thought, like, yeah, I kind of agree with her. <laughs> like, everything What fades. she was saying? Yeah, like, um, like, if you think about it, can you remember how you felt 15 years ago? Or only, like, the highlights or the lowlights? 15 years ago? Yeah, can you relate to that person? <sighs> fuck no that's what i'm saying like everything fades good or bad so i know it's like nihilistic but also it is it's real it's realistic so to me just because it sounds nihilistic doesn't mean that it is it's probably just realistic (laughs) you know what yeah i and that's what my whole argument is because that one mm -hmm. time you made you made me sad because you're like oh you're very nihilistic i'm like no i think i'm a realist and you're like no I guess because I guess sometimes that clashes with how I feel about things. Like I, I, I don't. I'm sure you would say this. Like I don't like to admit it, but I'm admit it now that I tend to be more optimistic mm-hmm. about certain things. Um, but I think not that I think I know I do that because I I have to tell myself like it's going to get better. Like this is not as bad as it could be because if I start thinking it's bad or it's only going to get worse, then I just the bad thoughts start coming up, you know, and, you know, Kelsey knows what that leads to, and I don't want to mm-hmm. ever get to that point ever again. Yeah. <clears throat> Only makes me think about my rent situation. <sighs> I know. I I know you have every right to feel the way how you feel about it, but um, all, the best I can do, because I know I'm not going to, 
I know you're gonna. I, I mean, it's realistic, and I understand how realistic it is. Like, I'm getting to that point myself where I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta figure out how to like get rent and shit." Mm-hmm. But um, the best way I like to, the best thing I like to offer to you is, is like, "Well, I'm always here to help you in some form or fashion to at least ease your mind." You know, I, I might not be able to give you money, but if you need a break, I can like wash the, I can wash your kids, I can cook you dinner, I, you know, I can try to make your day a little bit easier. Mm. Just for you know everyone to know, I my rent went up ten percent. <laughs> yeah, literally ten percent. I asked my dad to calculate it today, <laughs> and he was like ten percent. And last year it went up ten percent. <sighs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, it, and, went up, it went up like yeah. And anybody outside or inside California, rent's getting pretty high yeah. out here. Like I couldn't even get a studio apartment for what I'm paying for this two bedroom now. That's because I yeah. got into it before the. Rent, the rates went up that yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, can you think what would have been, what is your favorite episode for um, for Beef? I think it's the last one. It's the last one? Even though it mm-hmm. hurt me the most, mm-hmm. I think it is because they were, they were kind of getting to that zen moment. Like, it's almost like how my brain works, mm-hmm. where it's like if you start to like, you think of like a tuning fork okay it's like it'll break your teeth if you touch it with your teeth or it'll like it's out of place Mm -hmm. but when you use it for the right thing and you it finds like it's harmony with something Mm, okay that's very satisfying okay all right all right right so like it's almost like that with like how i feel about people and their energy and like how they deal with things Mm -hmm. they're all fucking essentially different tuning forks Mm, at different levels and they were the same at that time. Okay, so with um, with tuning forks, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, with tuning forks. Correct me if I'm wrong. They, tuning forks only has like two pieces, like or they, do they come in like, you know, like a tuning fork is like a U with like the handle. Like, uh-huh. um, is it only like the two like prongs or whatever, or can they be like multiple prongs for a tuning fork, or is it just for two? I think it's just two prongs. Okay. So with that being said, I think it's actually interesting that you bring that up about the tuning forks because they are, and talking about like harmony and a balance, right? Mm-hmm. They're essentially, uh, the Danny character and the Amy character, they're essentially the two prongs in the, the tuning forks. And they're off balance, right? Because they're constantly like clashing. They're not meeting in the middle and stuff like that. And that, ep- that last episode is like it coming in perfect balance mm-hmm. and when they do that that's when they can like relate and like actually fucking talk it out and shit like that yeah um which now i think about it like playing that like as i'm playing the episode in my head um i guess i got a sense that there was always like a humming yeah kind of like mm, kind of thing mm-hmm. especially like the psychedelic parts where the humming was like more obvious or like it was a type of um like those meditation bowls well i think part of it has to do with their surroundings because they mm-hmm. were out in those like in the mountains or the hills of Southern California. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, some of those, you know, some, where the Tongva people lived. Some of the area that they they showed, I was like, oh, I think I know where that's at. Even yeah. like when they were in Orange County, I was like, oh, I think I know where that's at. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could hear like the buzzing of the the like not like the cicada type things. Mm-hmm. Like you could hear that in the background when they're um. sorry excuse me (laughs) you can hear um hear that in the background too like you can hear 
the forest. I don't know how to explain it. But you can hear like the cicadas. It, it just makes... Mm-hmm. It gives you a sense of like you're outside. Like you're stuck outside. Yeah, yeah. Like as a kid, you had to go play outside and you hear those little fuckers. <laughs> okay. It was hot. That is, and you can't go back inside because your parents said, don't come back inside. That's oddly specific. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it was living with my dad and my stepmom. You had to go outside for eight hours. That was Eight your, hours? That was your job. You could come in for lunch and go back outside. Despite like a, the weather? Like a dog. Oh, damn. <laughs> Only if it wasn't raining. Which, you know. If it was raining, I was kind of happy, but mm. then also kind of not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. Go right. outside, 10 o'clock, maybe 9 o'clock. Uh, Come back in for lunch. It's like 1230, 1 o'clock. Uh, Go back outside till about 4. Come back inside, have dinner, and take a shower and go to bed. I, 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 I clearly... Bedtime, 8 o'clock. <laughs> clearly this happened to you for a while, because you, you got that down by the, by the hour. Five years. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> okay, so before we're done, <laughs> I have to agree with you that the last episode was the best best episode. Um, because like the, the whole characters had like reached to a point where like it, it was only a matter. Of t- it's like it was like two results. Two things were going to happen. Either they were going to kill each other, or they were going to actually like meet in the middle and like have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm actually glad that they met in the middle had a conversation um and i'm I'm really glad that the only people that died in this uh show were were, people who deserved it yeah and they were white not all of them were they yeah the redhead the redheaded friend who's part of the robbery shot in the head uh maria bello cut in half yeah those are the only two people who died i think i'm surprised by that (laughs) oh i'm not (laughs) When that show ended, I was like, yes. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm surprised it was only two people, not that they were white. Oh, that was more people? Yeah. Oh, that it wasn't more people? Yeah. Yeah, I can can see that. Um, Yeah, so like I said, I think that that was my, the the final episode of the season. I thought that was a really great, um, that was a really great episode. Um, What do you think about the, the husband showing up? Okay, so I had a problem with that because it happened out of it seems so random. Um but I have remembered that uh there's the part where like their phones are working, uh-huh. like they get signal on her, on Ali Wong's on Amy's phone, you see uh, find my phone app uh-huh. pop up. So it, it only makes sense that the husband would like, "Oh, there she is." and like go to her. Mm-hmm. Cuz clearly like they have been like gone for like two, they disappeared for like 2 days. I missed that because I I was too interested in mm-hmm. what what the messages were saying i was getting yeah. distracted by like all that like oh like my lawyer you, you know my lawyer drafted up a little blah, blah whatever yeah um so i didn't actually see the phone find my phone thing yeah it happens so fast because you're seeing all these like texts yeah. like come through and everything like that so it makes sense but it was like it's it's one of those blinking you miss it kind yeah. of things um okay so I'll, I'll ask you this what do you think about the final shot of her laying down with him yeah um did you did you uh, notice that 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 he like held her as well? I saw that. Mm. Um, in a way, I like it because mm. it means that they might have made their own breakthroughs and like they understand each other and 
maybe themselves a little bit more too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, but you fucked everything up to get here. So like, mm. yeah, you, you feel a little bit better inside, but you have a lot of shit to get through now. Yeah. And, um, um, I don't, that's the thing. Them, them, like, like what you said about like the shit they have to get, get through. I see, I see it as like, now they're going to be more level headed and like understand. Because if, if you think about it, a lot of the stuff that they did, they were like nonchalant about it, but they were just like, I got away with it. Now it's just like the whole realization of all the shit that all the chaos and mayhem that they did. Now they have to face it, but now they'll they'll be able to face it as opposed to like running away or like causing the problems to get worse. Yeah. Um. So I thought that shot was really great at the end. Tuning forks. Tuning forks. I don't know why, but it's making me really happy <laughs> that I made that analogy. Really? Yeah. She got a tuning fork right next to you. Just well, that, that sounds wrong. going to do our geriatric cinematic of Robert Bierman's Vampire's Kiss. How was your weekend? It's alright, you know. There's nothing worth shattering. He was an ordinary guy. Morning, everyone. Morning. Looking for an extraordinary love. I'm Peter Lev. Rachel. I brought this girl up to my place the other night. It started with a kiss. Really hot. A very special kiss. You wanted her very badly. Yeah. A kiss that could drive you mad. I hate interrupted love affairs, don't you? Yep, 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 yep. This film came out in 1988. And the synopsis is... After an encounter with a neck biter, a publishing executive think that he thinks that he's turning into a vampire. Directed by Robert Bierman, written by Joseph Minion. It stars Nicolas Cage, Maria Conchito Alonso, Jennifer Beals, and Elizabeth Ashley. Um, in the immortal words of Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage's Peter Lou, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. <laughs> Um, I didn't grow up watching this movie. I'm surprised. Um, I had heard about it, and mainly because of Nicolas Cage uh, eats a, a cockroach. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had watched this as recently as maybe like last year. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I remember like, oh, I was like, Kelsey's got to watch this movie. Like, she hates Nicolas Cage. So, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um. But yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was—I thought it was like a perfect mashup or companion uh, with Renfield. Mm. Um, but as per usual, no one gives a shit about what I think. Uh, the most important thing is what did Kelsey think about it? I'm just really glad that Jennifer Beals had a change of heart and uh, finally turned him into a vampire. I don't know what to Dracula, so he could be in Renfield. Oh. <laughs> I know, like... It's a, this is his origin story. I know, I've... I've. That's the first thought that came to, my, that came to mind when I saw when I saw the trailer for Renfield. I was like, oh, shit, Peter Lowe, Peter Lowe became a vampire. Like, an actual <laughs> vampire. Nice, nice. He finally succeeded in that. What if, what if 
Because in this one, Peter Lowe is he's just losing his grip on reality. What if that was the same thing for Renfield? He that dude just lost his grip on reality. Kept calling himself Dracula. <laughs> Maybe that's why he was worth nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, all right, so um, Kelsey, what did you think about this? I thought this movie was great. Go on. I just want to say that my older daughter thought it looked like really bad. Because oh, okay. she, she, she kind of saw what we were seeing. Yeah. And I will say that the pacing in the beginning is kind of like... It is pretty slow. And it's... you keep ping-ponging between the office, and the therapist's office, and then the office. Mm-hmm. And like, you're just ping-ponging. Yeah. Or like his apartment, office. Apartment, office. Yeah. Um. But and after it, a while, you get yeah. to the point where he starts really... You start noticing that he's really losing his mind. Uh-huh. And then that's when the fun starts. Yeah, um, and there's like well, what one thing that one thing that I it, it sucks because like him like when the fun starts, it also is him being like a complete dick to uh, Maria Alonso's character um, because he he keeps trying to have her find like this contract, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> and he's just like complete fucking asshole about it but it's like still in a funny way mm-hmm. like there's that one part where she's like um her character's like oh i was gonna leave because i'm, I'm done for the day and he's telling her like no you're not leaving like you're gonna stay here and he's mm-hmm. like he goes into like how she's at the lowest of the low that she has to like look for the file fi- the the what's it called the contract mm-hmm and he's like, if you don't, I'll fire you. And that face he does, like, if you don't do it, I'll fire you. <laughs> like that weird psychotic, which is like the birth of like that meme. Yeah, yeah. Um, cats are fighting. <laughs> 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 but yeah, he's like, a, he's a complete dick. But she suffers. She has to suffer for it. But it's still kind of funny. It is still kind of funny, but I still felt really bad for her. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, Pocket, did you win the fight? It's always him that's growling, not her. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I thought I've heard her growl before. She only growls at people. When when they're playing, yeah. he's the one who's growling. Gotcha. Um, okay, so obviously I gotta, I gotta ask you, some Nicolas Cage, what did you think of him? I thought he was great. Uh-huh. Um... It's funny because I haven't seen him that young in a long, long time. Uh-huh. And um, I know this is not like his first movie, but I think it's his first like leading man uh, role. And I was like, oh, he's, he's actually pretty handsome back then. Yeah, that's a Coppola. <clears throat> Sorry, that's a Coppola for you. Is it really? Yeah, he's uh, he's like Francis Ford Coppola's like cousin. Nephew. Oh, yeah, nephew. Cousin. Yeah, nephew. Well, I know that, but I've never seen them. Oh, like in the same room? Or even younger versions of them. Ah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, no, I, I take that back. I'm so sorry. Valley Girl. That was... I don't want to say a leading role, but he was he was very prominent in, in that movie. I um, did not realize how much I missed his acting. Nicolas Cage's acting? Mm-hmm. He always also. plays really fucking wild. Like... Mm. Um, I feel like he does what, um, what's his name? Who did Morbius? 
Oh, Jared Leto? I feel like he successfully does what Jared Leto wishes he could do. Like, just hamming it up? or just Yeah. Going, yeah, Because, okay. like, Nicolas Cage, when you get it, you know you're going to have a good time. Because mm-hmm. he can act seriously. And he can be wild as fuck. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And Jared Leto just looks like a mannequin trying to be human and trying to be crazy with a with a with a uh an undeserved ego yeah but i feel like nicholas cage probably does have a bit of an ego but i don't think it's like unwarranted or over the top yeah but he's yeah exactly he's nicholas he's nicholas cage like that's the thing normally if you watch something with nicholas cage you're gonna have fun if you're not gonna have fun with the movie you're gonna at least have fun watching him yeah and he's made like a lot of bad movies he was in mandy that was that, was that a one great scene. Movie. Oh, which one? Which one? We take. <laughs> I think he was. Yeah, with the axe. Oh yeah. I think he was in the bathroom or something. Oh yeah, he's like loses his mind. He's like yeah, 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 for yeah. like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Give me, give me more, more. <laughs> um. Yeah, as as you were saying that like the pacing's weird at the beginning because like you said it was like ping ponging back and back and forth, mm-hmm. and that happens like God for like a good thirty minutes for at least half the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like his interactions with with the therapist because mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's him being his like most. Not I mean like with like with the filing clerk. He's like an asshole, right? Mm. But he's like an asshole of like just he's an asshole because he sees her like beneath beneath him. Mm-hmm. But when it's a therapist, he's like an asshole, but he's being an asshole because he knows that she's above him. Mm-hmm. And he's like trying to like downplay what she says, even though he's coming to see her mm-hmm. to deal with his issues. Like like I said, there's that one scene. Well, he just needs her to tell him that she's that he's right. Yeah. And she's, like and, and it doesn't matter what she says, uh-huh. he's always gonna find a way to argue with her and spin it so that he's right. So it validates him. So yeah. therefore her stature doesn't matter. I mean he was right about the whole filing, the alphabets and everything like that. The alphabets? Yeah. I mean he knows how to do the alphabet. Yeah. I, I'll agree with that uh, because earlier you had to remind me what they were. I did. I also know them in Spanish. Go on. Actually, I don't think they use it this way anymore. But when I went to school and learned it, uh-huh. there are extra letters. What? Yeah. Huh? Do you want me to say it? Yeah, I don't know how that functions. A uh-huh. b c ch d e F H I J K L E J, which is the double L. Okay. M N N Y, which is the N the, with the, the little squiggly line. The singer, line. yeah, N Y. <laughs> That's N Y. Whatever. O P Q R R, which is the double R. <laughs> when you when you did that, it reminded me of this episode of King of the Hill. Well, Peggy Hill was talking about how she can roll her R's. She's like, I can roll my R's. S T U S I know that. T U V W U V. I like that. Uva. Uva is a grape in Spanish. Ah, okay. I can go for some uvas. X Y Z. Okay, now you're just making up stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I, yeah, I, I, I knew about that, but like the multiple, like the different, not different. Sorry, there's more letters than like a typical alphabet. I always get like lost 
before I even get to before I even get to the F's. Like how to because say of the Che? Yeah, because I, I took Spanish in high school and failed. Obviously, I got kicked out of the class. Um, but like whenever I would try to do the alphabet, I'd be like A B C J F. I don't like it once you get past F A because then it's just like F A H A J E Hota. Like what the fuck is a Hota? Um, all right, back to the movie. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so what? Okay, so do you? Why were we even talking about that? Oh, because we we're talking about the, al- the alphabet scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you did the alphabet scene, but like the Spanish alphabet, it went way longer. Y <laughs> griega. Um. All right, so I I I one one of the things that I just love about this movie um, is how he just like how he really starts slowly falling into madness, and how he just like stuck with this whole idea that he's a vampire. Like, there's nothing really that like has him like lead up to the idea that he might be a vampire. Mm-hmm. It's just like oh he you know supposedly he meets a woman or no no actually I take that back. I think he just saw the bat and that's where it, it just clicked with him. Like remember, like the scene where like the bat comes into the room. Yeah, I mean it's not like spelled out, but now now as I'm talking about it, it just dawned on me. Maybe when he saw the bat, it just made sense for him. Like, oh, I'm a vampire. Like bats are associated <laughs> with vampires. I don't know. I'm stretching it now. <laughs> you mean to tell me that that when I see the cat, I'm like, now I'm a cheetah. No, no. When you see a cat, you're Catwoman. Yeah. With what? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think that he probably was already maybe losing either he was already losing his mind before we meet him mm-hmm. because of the bat yeah the girl saw the bat too yeah and it wasn't him because clearly they both saw the bat yeah so he wasn't freaking out about that but i think that he saw the girl and i don't know that's the thing that i like about this movie i don't actually know if any of it really happened or if everything was in his head yeah i know it, it really plays with the idea and it doesn't really give you like a clear answer <clears throat> if um if it was really in his head, or if he, like, let's say, like, if there really was a woman who was a vampire and, like, fucking with him or not. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, there's that scene at the, uh, there's like a scene at, at the end. Yeah, at the club. And, like, she, like, she confronts him. She's like, oh, you're a piece of shit. Or, like, you know, how you love me. Ha, ha, ha. And then when he confronts her, uh, like, after she's <clears> left and is on the dance floor, she's like, who the fuck are you? You know, she, like, plays it up as, like, I don't know who you are. But it's kind of like. Did she not really know who he was, or was she actually a vampire? And we never really get like, get a definitive answer. That maybe like she gives the guy like a certain look. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like that scene because they were like he was like, look at her teeth, and that's the part where I was like, oh, she probably isn't one. Mm-hmm. But then like after that, you kind of see her like look at like her and her boyfriend were like looking at him like they were making fun of him like they knew the inside joke or something. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I don't know. But yeah, you can take that as like, like looking at them, looking at each other, like, who the fuck? Was, that was crazy. No, they seemed of... amused. Not because you wouldn't be amused if someone physically attacked you. Uh, I mean, it's the 80s. There's a lot of cocaine. Not enough for that. <laughs> My ankle agrees. Your what? My ankle agrees. <laughs> did you hear it? I did. I thought your foot was like on a piece of wood or like. <laughs> nope. That was my ankle. <laughs> Your ankle was like, yes. 
<laughs> that was the that was it popping was winking at you like <laughs> <laughs> um i think that you know it plays with the idea like either they did look at him and they were amused uh-huh. or he thought they were looking at him and they were amused yeah 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 exactly <clears throat> and there's like a lot of like circumstances that leads leads to the idea that like he's going insane or like why he would think he's a vampire like there's that part where he's about to attack the file clerk and she has the gun and her brother like gave her like blanks but he doesn't know those are blanks um and then he puts the gun in his mouth and like pulls the trigger but he like he comes out like he doesn't die right um so he just you can tell that's just him slowly falling more into madness of him being a vampire but i like the fact how that happens we the audience know it happens but he doesn't recognize it as happens mm-hmm. so it just helps him go crazier and crazier also um you kind of wonder did he actually have a therapist oh i didn't even think about that because that whole like that whole thing he was uh <clears throat> that he was in the therapist's room or i'm sorry he had an appointment with his therapist and how like he had like that plank of wood and shit like that mm-hmm. and how that was all in his head yeah I didn't even think about that. Damn. But then it's like he called her on the phone. But that can that can also just be in his head. Yeah. Damn, this is a fucking brilliant movie. Holy exactly. shit. That's why <laughs> That's why I like this movie. This is a brilliant fucking movie. Oh my god. <laughs> why and that's and that's the thing. People, this is why we do this podcast. <laughs> this is, and that's the thing. People watch this movie and they're like, "Oh, Nicholas Cage is crazy. He is a vampire. He's a cockroach." We made a meme out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, here's the gif of like, you know, with the finger pointing and shit. But it's like, if you really watch it, it's kind of like it's a mind fuck. It's a mind fuck, and it's fucked up too. <laughs> yeah. I like this movie even more now. Holy shit! <laughs> you know, it's a, a funny thing though. Um, Nicholas Cage has said this in interviews that this is the Vampire's Kiss is actually his favorite movie. Really? Like the I think he says that's the most fun I've ever had making a movie. I, it looks like it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and he like um like as as we said in our Renfield review, like he just like ham, sorry he just like hams it up. Um, Are you it, suspicious? No, I was looking. I was looking at the the time. I was like, wait, is it recording? Shit, it is. <laughs> um. What was I gonna say? Oh, like he like hams it up in Ranfield, but in Vampire's Kiss, Vampire's Kiss, he really hams it up. Well, like, because he's the main character and he's go as fucking crazy as you want to go. Yeah, but just like every scene, he's either he's doing an accent or he's like being a dick or he's arguing with his therapist or he's like just like in a room like thinking that the sun is like burning him and shit like mm-hmm. that. Um. Or he uses yeah. the couch as a coffin. That was that kind of my is, favorite. That shit is so hilarious. For the one time he just scurries under the couch real quick yeah. at the end. <laughs> like crawls underneath. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and there's that part he eats a he fucking eats a pigeon. Oh yeah, the pigeon. Yeah. And he's like trying not to throw up. I know we're just kind of going over parts of the movie, but uh-huh. like, like it's one of those movies where you remember like, like quick, like, oh I like this, I like this, I like this, and uh-huh. you'll just like, like go through it all in your head like a quick flash like yeah, it's so seriously. fun holy shit but also if you really look deeper there's a lot of shit to unpack 
I kind of rewatched this movie. Like he might have had schizophrenia. Yeah. Or like maybe his job broke him. Or being a being a yuppie during the eighties and like doing cocaine and uh-huh. shit. One night, maybe yeah, maybe like maybe like he had a psychotic break because he found his life meaningless. Yeah, but I think also it kind of sucks because I think he really did like that one girl. Not the vampire, but the other one who kind of looked like the her. The girl at the beginning, the black girl? Mm-hmm. I think he really did. And they seemed like they were really good, like, connected well. Or, yeah. like, they were fr- they were going to be, like, best friends and, you know, maybe do more. Like, yeah. be more. But he fucked it up. And she was like, no. Yeah, she he, like, kept ditching her and shit yeah. like that. Damn. It's a fucking brilliant movie. Mm-hmm. I, I want to rewatch it, just examine the living shit out of it now. Yeah. We should do that Seriously. this weekend. <laughs> Seriously. Take notes down and everything. <laughs> um, all right. So, man, I'm like just... contemplative look on your face. I You're know. Like, I'm just like... Oh, man. Like, I'm almost to the point where I'm like, I feel like I should write something about it. You should. I should. That is a brilliant fucking movie. It, it's because for folks who don't know, I'm like... In a minute of in a minute in the middle of an editorial on that's related to like John of the Majors incident and like you are, Mar- huh? I don't think you told me you were the editorial that. that I'm looking at. Yeah, it's it's connected to John of the Majors as well. Oh, okay. Um, there's that, and I still got like that scream editorial that I got. I got to get out by next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, this movie's fucking brilliant. Holy shit! Yeah. All right, Kelsey. So, do you think this movie holds up? Yes. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I, 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 I'll definitely say the same thing. Uh, it, I mean, obviously, it's dated. It was made in the '80s, so it's of its time and everything. But yeah, if you watch it, it's like I feel like mm-hmm. corporate America uh, is timeless. I oh, honestly I know, don't think right? it's very dated at all. Yeah, like this. Well, like the subject like matter. Even, yeah, like but, even Maria, she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Even if you put fucking floral drapes on her, <sighs> that dress is horrible. Yeah. But she's still very gorgeous. Oh, you know what? Um, before we go, I want to get your opinion on the last scene where he gets stabbed in the fucking chest. He got what he wanted. But it's like it's like out of like th- this movie's not really brutal, but like the scenes where it gets kind of graphic, it's it's almost out of nowhere and it is kind of grotesque. Like the part where Nicholas Cage's character like bites, like he tries to suck the blood out of the girl. Mm-hmm. Um. Which they do the red, they do the the blood thing where it looks like, like you said, it looks like orange and red fill. Mm-hmm. Red fill. This one is like bright, almost like bright pink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, when like he gets stabbed, like, like one the blood just like push, like comes out, uh-huh. and he's like, <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> and I forgot about that scene, but rewatching, I was like, oh god damn, it's <laughs> <laughs> a nasty scene. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think that's about it. Anything else? Didn't you have something to say about his apartment or his door? Oh, that that all all I had to say was like that door looked thin enough you can kick it down with like one hit. No, that's about it. That apartment looked like it had been painted like since eight hundred BC. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um. Or is that it? All right, so that's going to be... Man, that movie's fucking brilliant. Okay, anyway. 
that's going to be it for our show for this week. We want to thank everybody for joining us on this week's show. Uh, we would especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Um, for all your film news, TV news, and reviews, I was going to say like news news, and reviews, you can find it at yourentertainmentcorner.com. Um, don't be afraid to drop us a line at The Real Appeal. Uh, that's real with two E's. Uh, we're at realappeal at gmail.com. Uh, find our podcast on all podcast catchers. We're all over the place. Um, mention us. Uh, oh, give us a review. Five star review. One star review. This give us a review. It takes like a second or two just to hit boop star or whatever, yeah, and that's it. You don't have to write anything. Just go ahead. You know, or no, as Hunter or Mario likes to say, "Bing bang boom." Yeah, exactly. Bing bang boom. That's such a yuppie shit thing. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Oh. He says that too. Do they? And Mario says that. What the fuck? I know. We watched Mario and I was like, God, this is a movie about Hunter. Hey, oh, God. So, whatever. <laughs> um, so, next week, uh, we're going to be back. Um, so, our recent review is going to be Evil Dead Rise. I'm actually kind of scared to watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. I'm going to be watching you more than the um, movie. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to watch it twice. It actually looks pretty scary. And I, normally with me in horror films, I'm like, whatever. Even if they're in the theater with like darkened room and mm-hmm. everything, but whatever. This one looks fucking terrifying. I haven't got to see you like that since 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, I was like that with Get Out. I wasn't wa- with you when we watched that. Yeah, we watched Get Out together. We watched Us together. I don't think we watched Get Out together. We watched together. Get Out together. I remember that. We did? Yep. We watched Get Out together. Oh, yeah. You were kind of like that. On that one, yeah, but I I do remember the ten clover ten cloverfield lane or I think it, that one's more memorable to me because that was the first time I saw you act like that. Yeah, it's, the, it's, ugh, it's like the you'll close of, your eyes and yeah. cover one ear. Yeah, I'm like no, no, and cover your face. I do that all the time with a beard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, our recent review will be Evil Dead Rise in theaters Friday, April twentieth. Um, our geriatric cinematic is going to be Evil Dead 2. It's uh, 1987. Wait. April 21st is Friday. Is it the 21st? Because Oh, my stank. Yeah, April 21st. That's when the Evil Dead... I don't know why I'm changing it now. Whatever. <laughs> Evil t- April 21st. That's T-H. <laughs> like Colin Firth. Colin, April Colin Firth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so... Able to rise Friday, April 21st. Um, so yeah, Geriatric Cinematic is going to be Evil Dead 2, 1987. The best year ever. <sighs> you know what? It is, because Evil Dead 2 came out. Uh. Not because you were born. <laughs> that, makes it, that makes that half worse. <laughs> um, you mean the end of November to you know the end of December? Horrible. Dark times. <laughs> At least I was born toward the end of the year. The economy crashed. There were tornadoes. Tornadoes made out of fire. <laughs> no butthole was safe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So we're doing Evil Dead Two. Uh, you can find that available to rent on Apple TV, Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube TV, and other VOD services. Uh, the topic, which Kelsey changed. Thank you. It's let's re reboot. <laughs> Let's re reboot. No, let's re reboot. Like it's that. like re re wee wee boot. Yeah. <laughs> let's wee wee the boot. Let's, let's, 